Hello and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today, once again, for the fourth time, not the fifth time, we are joined by County Attorney Adam Kinsman. Welcome, Adam. Hey, now. You were hoping for a five-timers jacket. I, I do want my five-timers jacket, so we're going to have to come up with some other reason to come back. Well, there's always next year for the General Assembly. I might need a jacket sooner than that. <laughs> okay. Well, I want we'll... one appropriate to uh, wear at a board meeting. Oh, no, it won't be. I can tell you that already. I want one with a large patch on it. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Good. So for those of you that this is the first time that you've listened to the podcast, welcome. And we are just talking about this because Adam has been one of the most frequent guests and he has been on four podcasts so far. And so he has determined that once he hits the fifth podcast, he should get a member's jacket. Members, is that what they call it? on a five-timers jacket. Five-timers jacket like they do on Saturday Night Live. So, well, before we get started, because I know you have some General Assembly items to talk with us about, it is March, and that means March Madness. And I know that in the past, you have done brackets. Have you done a bracket this year? I've not. I I know you give me a look. I'm one of the few Americans that didn't. So my wife and I are both UVA grads. Right. I pull for UVA, but basketball is not my sport. And so I'll do a bracket, but honestly, just don't care. All right. Well, I'm going to edit that part out then. No, it's fine. It's spring training. It's baseball. You want to talk about nationals? I'm in. Oh, thank you. How are you doing with him moving on to Philadelphia? It's fine. I wish him all the worst. (laughs) Okay. And then also speaking of baseball, Mike Trout just got the largest contract. It it made Harper's contract look like a bargain. So what do you think the next one's going to be? I don't know. Trout's obviously the best player in baseball right now. So I I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to get one past that for a while. Okay. That's a lot of money. You're going to start talking about a half a billion dollars here. So General Assembly has come to an end. What happened? Well, the General Assembly's come to an end, or at least the initial round of voting. And so now all the bills have been handed off to the governor okay. to do something with them. Okay. Um, and what, what are his options? So before we get to his options, I'll just say it was a pretty busy session. Only 46 days. They had about 3,100 bills. Wow. Uh, it's a lot. I track each and every one of them here at the county attorney's office. And it, sometimes it just seems like they never end. Okay. About two-thirds of them made it through the House and the Senate. And so they land on the governor's desk. Okay. Now the governor has three options. He can sign them. And the signing date is uh, on or before March 26th. Which is right around the corner. Sure is. So today's March 21. Happy birthday, Dad. Shout out to my dad. Good. Uh, so he can sign them or take no action. And then they become law. They take effect July 1, unless it was stated as a, it's an emergency bill. Those are few and far between. Okay. So most everything's July 1 date. The governor can amend them. And really, those are recommendations for amendments. Okay. So the governor might look at something and say, uh, I don't like that particular piece of the legislation. I recommend that this be changed. That recommendation then goes back to the chamber in which it originated. So mm-hmm. it'd be either a House or the Senate. And then they may vote on it. If the House and the Senate agree by a simple majority, then it becomes law with the governor's amendments. Okay. If the House and the Senate agree by two-thirds vote each, that the way that they sent it to the governor should be the way that it's enacted in law, then it becomes law in that manner. Okay. So effectively, the governor's recommendations are denied. Okay. So they would have to agree by two-thirds each to leave it as is, and then it would become law. Okay. Or they can take bits and pieces of the recommendations and approve certain of the recommendations and some not of the recommendations. Okay. And then it goes back, and you kind of go do this back-and-forth voting thing. 
How did our four go? Well, there's still one other action that the governor can take. Oh, well, tell me. The governor can just straight up veto the bill. Okay. In which case it gets returned to the chamber in which it originated. And then if you have two-thirds vote on both sides, they'll override the veto and it becomes law. Okay. Otherwise, it just dies. Interesting. Yes. We had four bills that were picked up by our legislators, and we had a 75% success ratio. So in, okay. in Mike Trout numbers, maybe that's uh, <laughs> maybe we're due for a billion-dollar contract. <laughs> We had a charter amendment that was carried by Senator Mason, and that was, if you recall from a previous podcast, that was to address how we were able to regulate junk cars. Okay. That passed, and it was signed by the governor. Okay. Delegate Pogge took a piece of legislation that basically put alpacas on par with llamas. Okay. Justice for alpacas. Yes. Uh, that was signed into legislation. Senator Norman took one about additional fines for dogs being allowed to run at large in packs, mm-hmm. and that was signed by the governor. And Delegate Pogi had one that would allow a judge to impose additional fines for emotional stress caused by a dog attack, and okay. that one was left in the House. Okay. So that did not pass. Okay. What were the additional fines? Do you have that information? I think it was up to $100 for each dog. Okay. And are hunting dogs included in that? They are not. We've got a a long tradition here of allowing dog hunts for deer. And those are those are really just sort of goofy beagles. Okay. And we haven't had any problems with those at all. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. So you had said 3,100 bills. I would imagine several of those impact the way the county operates. It does. And that's why I I try to track those from the beginning of session to the end. Uh, It sort of lightens our load in the county attorney's office between when the governor signs them in March and when they become effective in July. Okay. So we had four bills, three of which passed. Of course, that's going to result in a change to the county code. But of the other bills, oftentimes we'll have to change the county code in a number of ways to, to match up with the new state code. Okay. So we'll separate those by the ones that have to get done by July 1 and then ones that are sort of optional after July 1. Okay. So over the next several board meetings, you're going to see some initiating resolutions for changes to the code, uh, new recommendations for changes to the code, all to bring it into conformance with whatever the General Assembly did. Okay. Now, which ones would you say are going to have the most impact on Virginia residents or James City County residents beginning July 1st? So a very interesting one, um, as some folks will know, in 2016, the General Assembly enacted a number of changes to the proffer laws uh, that resulted in the James City County Board saying that we would no longer accept residential proffers. Right. And let's just do a real quick definition of what a residential proffer is. So that's when a developer comes in and wants to change the zoning associated with a parcel uh, of property and makes voluntary offers to the county, something above and beyond which would normally be required in the code. Okay. So sometimes that can be money and sometimes that can be recreation. It can be sort of any number of things. We've had a number of rezonings in the counties since we first started taking them back in the 80s. Uh, We stopped taking residential proffers in 2016. During this session, and we're not the only locality to have done that, Mm -hmm. during this session, the legislators changed those proffer laws in significant ways. So actually at the next board meeting, so that's April the 9th, Mm -hmm. next regular board meeting, uh, I've put in there with Planning Director Paul Holt uh, an initiating resolution that would direct staff to look at that new law and figure out whether or not we should make changes to the county code to, again, accept proffers. Okay. So that would be a significant change. 
All right. And proffers tend, and we should have Paul come on at some point, but proffers tend to help negate that cost to the county whenever a new subdivision comes on or a new shopping center? A, a new development. So we have them with both residential and commercial. Okay. And the proffers are designed to mitigate the additional impacts that are associated with the more intense zoning that's sought. Okay. So if you have an A1 piece of property that's you know one acre and you can have one parcel on it and they want to do a rezoning so that you can then put four houses on it, you have an additional impact of three houses. Sure. And that results maybe in more traffic or more stormwater or more school kids right. and proffers were designed to offset that. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so we haven't had them since 2016. So it's been a very big change. Uh, I don't know that we'll take them, but it's something that uh, the board hopefully will direct us to, to take a more in-depth look at. Okay. While this year is wrapping up for the General Assembly and for the governor, next year is coming. So when do you start thinking about legislative agenda items for next year? I already have a folder on the computer and uh, we've already got two or three things in there. Really? So, yes. As things pop up and we go, hey, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, we'll just throw it in the folder and then I put it on the board's list and see if they're as interested in it as we may be. Uh-huh. I've also got a really high tech whiteboard out in the hallway <laughs> <laughs> and we just write things on there and go, hey, this doesn't make any sense. Okay. We include on there just things from the zoning ordinance, subdivision ordinance, personnel policies and procedures manual, mm-hmm. not necessarily legislation, but things that might have to go through the board mm-hmm. as we run into it or we we think, gosh, we could probably do that better. And I try to bring that before the board. You know, the county code has been in place for a very, very long time. Right. And in some cases, things haven't been updated since 1985. Okay. And uh, while we stay pretty busy over in the office, if we ever have any downtime, we start coming through there and going, okay, these laws don't make any sense. Okay. And try to pull them out. It's, it's a big enough document as it is. I, I try to take a few out for every one we put in. Where can people find a copy of the county code? The county code uh, is available on the county's website, and it's hosted by Municode. Okay. Uh, M-U-N-I-C-O-D-E. And they have, gosh, they probably have most of the ones in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So we send our updates to them. They make sure that it's all put in the right place, and they push it out to the web. Okay. So jamescitycountyva.gov. Folks can go there to the website and find it from there? Yes, or municode.com, I believe, is on there as well. What if a citizen has a thought about something that, you know, there ought to be a law or that law should be changed? What can they do? The best way is to address their board representative. Okay. To email or call their board representative and say exactly that. Hey, I had an involvement with this particular section of the code, or this particular section of the code was applied, and I think that uh, it could be done differently. Okay. Mention that to a board member. It it gets back to me. The board member will direct me, or not, to -hmm. look at it and propose any changes. Okay. And again, that's also on the county's website, Mm jamescitycountyva.gov. All right. Well, Adam, as you know, being a fourth time guest, I've got some questions to ask you. Oh, rats. I thought I was you were going to present me with a jacket early. No, okay. no, you will have to wait for that. And I understand that these questions are like your absolute favorite part of the entire podcast. Love these. Love these. Attorneys love questions that they don't know. Well, these are easy today. You chose okay. well. Good. You chose well. What is your favorite sandwich and why? I like a ham sandwich, and uh, I like it dry, which is absolutely bizarre to most people. Give me two pieces of wheat bread, a piece of ham on there, and I'm good to go. Really? Yes, I hate mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is gross. <laughs> <laughs> Just 
everything about mayonnaise is gross. Okay. Uh, yeah. So sometimes a little bit of mustard, but uh-huh. plain ham sandwich. Okay. And I like ham because it doesn't, it's not wet and so it doesn't get the bread all mushy and it travels well. Look at that. Yeah. See, that one was easy. Yes, it was. All right. Do you have a smartphone? I do. Okay. Who does not? Do we still need to call them smartphones or we just have, you have a phone? Hey, my list of questions say was, smartphone. Was it developed years ago? No. Okay. Okay. Leave my list alone. I'm going to ask you a third question. You're going to ask me if I had a Blackberry. I'm going to ask you a third question just because now. <laughs> Fine. I don't have to answer. Okay. <laughs> all right. If you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep? I would keep... Uh, my MLB app so that I can keep up on Washington national scores. Google Maps would have to stay on there because I have no idea of where I am at any given time and messaging, regular iMessage. I have no social media, so I don't care. Okay, very good. No yep. favorite game or anything like that that you would have to keep? No, no. Uh, the game's going to come and go. Okay. All so, right. So. Well, third question, because that was way too easy. Mm-hmm. What is your most used emoji? Uh, the, the laughing one where the little guy is tilted to the side and the eyes are squinted and laughing. And there's tears. Yes. Laughing. Okay. See, was that painful? That was easy peasy. See, my questions are easy. They are not difficult. Do you make new ones? So like when I come back for the fifth time? Yeah, I'm going to. Okay. Which I guess I could just ask folks that are listening to the podcast right now. If you have any question ideas, go to our website and go to jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast and there you're going to find a form and you can send me question ideas well adam thank you so much for coming for the fourth time to this week in james city county you're very welcome thank you for having me and next time which hopefully we'll have you on before 2020 how hard is that to believe there might be a member's jacket or something similar for you i hope maybe a patch that i can put on an existing jacket okay yeah you just don't want me to go buy you a jacket because uh, i'm in <laughs> it would be spectacular I'll wear it at the next board meeting <laughs> all right thanks again adam well that wraps up this week in james city county thank you so much for tuning in as always please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast so you will never miss an episode and go to the county's website at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast while there, you're going to be able to find all of our episodes as well as a form that you can complete, give us question ideas, guest ideas, whatever you want to do. So we look forward to hearing from you and we will talk with you next week. 